This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 74, recorded October 19th, 2011. Porta Fidei, the door of faith. Welcome to Prayer Room Companion. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and with me as always... Father Andrew Dickinson. And Father, we've, uh, we could talk about the weather, but we've got a packed podcast for today. Mm. So let's get right to it. Uh, Father had a great idea for, for a topic for this week, uh, for this week. This week's episode, um, the Holy Father over the weekend uh, announced in a meeting with his Pontifical Council for the new evangel- promotion of the new evangelization, announced a year of faith that will begin next fall, October 11th, 2012, which is the 50-year anniversary of the start of the Second Vatican Council. And the year of faith will conclude November 24th, 2013, um, the Feast of... Father, I love, by the way... Um, I love the, the the title for the feast in the new missal. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the title of the feast, as translated now, is um, the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. Ooh, Universal King. It's King of the Universe. If you look in the missal, there's a translation in Porta Fide that says Universal King, but elsewhere it says King of the Universe, and that's what the new translation says. So, um, he man. Anyway. Um, so, so he announced this this uh, year of faith, Father. Um, of course, we know that the new evangelization is near and dear to his heart. He created this this council last year, and now uh, this is a. He's done some things with them, certainly, but but this is definitely one that will uh, draw our attention um, in a in a serious way to um, the new evangelization. Very much so, bringing out the attention of all of us there. Right. And we're already, next fall, there's going to be, the the, the year is going to begin with, uh, well, at the beginning of the year, there's also already an already scheduled Bishop's Synod um, discussing the new evangelization. Um, and, and, and so that will be a, a, a powerful way to kick off this year of faith. Father, when, when you heard about the news, what was your initial reaction? Uh... Well, I was kind of excited, um, curious. I think it, it, it um, a year of faith almost seemed kind of. Well, I mean, if if that's a year of faith, then what are we doing this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeesh. Um, and so uh, uh, at first, it's kind of I don't know if I quite got uh, got the reasoning or the idea behind it, but then. Um, I uh, I read uh, Porta Fide and uh, just because I mean it's Pope Benedict and I really you really can't go wrong when Pope Benedict and so I went there and uh, it was very exciting. Yeah, I, and I like as I uh, may have mentioned to you before, I came across reference over the weekend to it, but I didn't have a chance to look at it real closely. Um, and then you proposed it as a topic, so I I've, I've been trying to to get caught up in the reading about it, and I, likewise I. I was very excited. You know, again, this is one of the things I love about Pope Benedict, um, just showing that he's not just this academic ivory tower living intellectual. I mean, he's very uh, mindful of of the reality of the world in which we live and of the need to to bring the light of Christ to our world uh, in a particular way as he, with the new evangelization the phrase or the, the terminology tends to use those lands where the faith has been ancient but it's been forgotten or ignored or even um, treated with hostility today uh, so just the very real world or the, the fact that he is in, in a sense practical 
about the faith, about the impact it has on the world and the need for it to grow in the world. And in this sense, you know, as, as we got into it, uh, and we just talking about Perry for the podcast, we were, uh, we were kind of wondering whether he was listening to Prairie, uh, Prairie <laughs> from Companion. Uh, just because he, uh, uh, it's, it's, it seems like he was almost you know, in this seeking to provide an answer to the difficulty, the problem of uh, that, we, that we had noticed in our last prog- podcast concerning uh, the uh, increase, whether you want to call it secularism, or the increasing drive to uh, move uh, discussions out uh, discussions of faith out of the public square. Yeah, to marginalize belief in general, but certainly Christian belief in, in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I th- think, you know, his response to that after he, li- after he listened to our insightful episode, uh, what, what I enjoy, the, it, he his response isn't to focus on the negative, to, con- to condemn the the oppression, the or you know, explicit or implicit um, around the world of Christian faith, of Catholic faith, but rather his his response is to focus on okay, what what can we do about this? What we can do about this is is, is draw attention to the need to for for the entire church to take up her mission, the, the the reason for which she exists, which is to lead people to an encounter with and awareness of Jesus Christ. That is to proclaim the God. I mean, it's it's the same. It's the same mission. It's the mission that Jesus gave to the apostles on. I don't know if you want to call it day one or not, but at the end of Matthew's gospel, the Great Commission: Go forth and make disciples, all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, teaching them to follow everything that I've commanded you. Uh, that's been the mission of the church ever since. And I think uh, you know, as fathers, I've read um, a lot of the reading that I've done over the last several years points out that we seem after the council. To have turned inward, so and there's so much focus on you know the the, the conservative liberal da 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 da. Um, we're supposed to be fo- supposed to be focused on bringing Christ to the world. That's what the council intended, and that's what JP two and B sixteen are trying to remind us of. Very much so. And, but I mean, it's interesting because that reminder has been there almost uh, from the beginning. Of the post conciliar time to consider. Uh, you know the uh, the Synod on Evangelization in the 1970s uh, with Absolutely. Pope's exhortation Evangelii Nunciandi. Absolutely. One slight nit, Dr. Bergwald. Yeah. One slight nit. Uh, the purpose of the church, the earthly purpose of the church, is evangelization. Yes. The eternal purpose of the church is doxa. Yeah. Yeah. To glorify God, to worship God eternally in heaven, right? Yep. Why were you made, O oh man, to know, love, and serve God in this life, and to be happy with Him forever in the next? And that, but the problem with that definition, it says nothing. It will serve the 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 mission of evangelization is only implicit within service there, and we need to make it need to make it explicit. Right. But. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> the purpose of the church. What's the mission of the church? The church will have a mission in heaven. The church will be what it's meant to be. Anyway, okay. I will, yes, I agree. <laughs> Theological squirmings on Prayer Room Companion. Yes. Yes. So anyways, so he writes this nifty little letter, this nifty little note, which seems like certainly his writing. It seems very much like his speaking, his his voice in, uh, in this document. Uh, Porta Fidei, uh, the door of faith, which he uses to then announce... 
for the indication, it says in the translation, indication, it says announcement of the year of faith. So a year ahead of time, he's getting us ready for the year of faith. Right. Which is kind of nice, because yeah. we had the year of St. Paul and the year of the priest, kind of like wide on top of the other, and, you know, it was, I don't know, time to finish one and prepare for the other. Didn't we... Uh... We had the year of the rosary back in the, about 10 years, well, almost 10 years ago now. Um, we had a year of the Eucharist in there too, didn't we? It seems like there's been a lot of years lately. <laughs> it's been a lot of years over the past couple years. And with all of them, though, of course, they're always announced with um, an apostolic letter. And as you mentioned, Portofino, the door of faith is the one that uh, Benedict has given us for this year of faith. And it also you... correspond uh, this year, which is nice, with a synod on uh, new evangelization. Right. But how does faith then, and, and what he's calling the church to do to prepare for uh, the new evangelization in this sense? Uh, I think that's what this letter gets to, right? So I, I Say that again. Sorry, I missed the beginning of that. Uh, the year of faith is to prepare us, in a sense, for... Uh, living the life of an evangelization or a new evangelization or re-evangelization. Right. He's, he says somewhere um, in here that this isn't so much to celebrate um, faith as it is to... Uh, it's, it's the missionary. The year, the year's not so much celebratory as it is missionary. Um, you know, because the mission of the church is... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. The mission of the church here on earth is to proclaim Jesus Christ to the world to be um, more specific. Uh, so, so that's, that's you know, not celebratory, but m more of a, I don't know, a call to arms in a sense, a call to faith, to, right. to, to uh, evangelization. He, he says in uh, section 9, we make it our prayer that believers witness of uh, life may grow in credibility. And I think right at the beginning of that, um, we want this year to arouse in every believer the aspiration to profess the faith in fullness and with renewed conviction and hope. Yeah. And he goes through yeah, several, several things in there. So, Father, as you read this, you want to comment on some of the things that you particularly were struck by? I would love to talk. Good. Uh, I just love the whole title, Porta Fide, you know, Door of Faith, the Door of Faith. Um, to me, it's just a fascinating little image or idea to look at the faith. Um, especially, you know, we talk about our secularized, our increasingly secularized worldview where God, where faith is pushed off to something to the, uh, to the fringes of, of society, not something for part of the main life. It really seems like it's like you have to enter into a whole other world um, in that sense. And, 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 of course, at the church, we're always, and then, then we're always in that process of inviting uh, men and women to enter into that other world. Um, so it's the very first line in that way. The door of faith is always open for us. Right? Whether we're in it and need to go farther into it, whether we're in it and have gone out of it, whether we've never been in it. Right? The door of faith is always open for us, ushering us into the life of communion with God, relationship with God, and offering entry into his church. So just, to me, that's just a great beginning, a great way to, uh, to set that down, to... Uh, uh, to make that to make that real, to make that viable. What is he desiring to do in this? Um, and so that's uh, and again, that's what I think in the way that you talked about, uh, Dr. Burwell, how you know Pope Benedict very much has been a pope of yes, 
Right. Um, other commentators, I think, uh, more famous than us, uh, John Allen from the National yes. Reporter, you know, spoken of him being the Pope of Yes. Is that? And I sorry, sorry, I see that in that in this way, you know. Yep. 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 Kind of like the used car salesman. Why say no when it's when it feels so good to say yes? Actually, I think that's quoting the movie Tommy Boy. But anyways. So uh, it is possible, continue, it is possible to cross that threshold when the word of God is proclaimed that the heart allows itself to be shaped by transforming grace. To enter through that door is to set on a journey that lasts a lifetime. And so uh, he's really just inviting us to encounter anew our own uh, experience of faith, to enter more deeply through and into the door of faith, the life of faith, and then to proclaim and invite others to that. And so it's incredibly exciting uh, for myself. Any any thought on well, that? Well, well, okay, just to, I mean, uh, I mean in a sense, I, I will admit up front, a sense a silly question. Well, no, it, it's more, why is that exciting? There are no silly questions, only silly people that ask them. Amen. Why is that exciting for you? That, that, that last point you were just making. I mean, you, it's clear that you're yeah. excited about um, So it's, it's exciting for me personally, just because I know in, in my own ongoing Christian life and my, my life of prayer, uh, devotion, the way I experience uh, the life of faith, this was always that invitation to go deeper. I was actually just thinking um, the other day, uh, we have, we've had some displays up on Eucharistic miracles here at the Newman Center. And, you know, how high, you know, I, I pray with faith, you know, the, the prayers of the Mass, the prayers of the priest, the prayers of the absolution, things like that. I pray them with faith, but at the same time, my faith is is still shallow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, I mean, you know, this is my body. This is my blood. How much of that am I really truly believing in this sense to a depth? And it can right. always go deeper. Right. Of course, it can always be more profound in that sense. And so uh, I just... I love this imagery and this invitation that he's making to me personally to enter into that door of faith. Mm. Right. So, so the, the uh, that's beautiful. It's it's in, in to me in that it's it's um it's not the I love this year of faith because gosh darn it there are people out there who need Jesus. Um, but you're saying I love this year of faith because gosh darn it I need Jesus. Which is, I mean you and I because I would. I, I completely hear where you're coming from. It's it's I think it's one of the beauty the the the, mis, the beautiful mysteries of the spiritual life maybe that the more we know the more we know we don't know or the 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 the, the better we see the more we can see how poorly we see. I mean just as you know what I mean. I mean as we grow in our intimacy with Christ, we realize how unintimate we are. How how much further we have to go in our relationship with Him. So. Uh, I think that's beautiful that just the degree, yeah, the, the powerful the way that that struck you just personally for your own sake. I think, unfortunately, I think I tend to more often focus on what I said before. I love this because, gosh darn it, there are people out there who need Jesus, and I need to remember, you know, I, it, what what's coming to my own fruit of my own prayer that I need Him a lot more than I'm realizing I do right now. Right. Yeah. So. Invitation, and so that's it's, it's it's really an internal thing. This year of faith, it's something for Catholics, is for Catholics themselves. 
You know, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes I'll, um, I can encounter that amongst Catholics out in the pews. I was like, Father, what, what do you mean that I need to be more Catholic or I need to be more faithful? What do you mean by that? I mean, I, I go to church on Sunday, you know, and I put my uh, contribution to the collection. What does that mean? Um, and so, uh, you know, thinking about that this weekend in terms of uh, the past gospel that we had uh, mm-hmm. for the uh, 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time on render uh, unto Caesar that which belongs to Caesar and that to God which belongs to God, you know, and, and talk about the idea of the total oblation of your life, right. the oblation of your total life yes, um, that too. to God. And so, um, yeah, and so I just, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a wonderful presentation that way. Um, and then moving on, I think he sets a good little, he does a great job of setting that historical context. And that's kind of an area, actually, of some internal debate on my part, Dr. Bergwald. Uh-oh. Especially working with college students. You know, how much time should I spend, spend setting the context of where the church is now in terms of the last 40 years? Mm. You know, with, um, with is, that, it just, with, is it just is it just a problem in the culture? Or is it a problem for us in the church as well? Do you mean with the you mean with the students or? Uh, well, I mean uh, with any parish, I suppose. But I mean for me particularly with the students. But as opposed to you're not talking about your own personal study. You're talking about your catechesis, your conversations with them. How much do you focus on on sort of the historical context as opposed to okay, what do we need to do right? What's necessary at the moment? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, how much do you, um, yeah, with them to say to them, hey, you know what? We did a horrible job catechizing your parents. <laughs> you know? You know, we, we did a horrible job catechizing you when you were in grade school and high school. No, uh, like Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. I, I know in the church we don't point fingers. We're very good at that. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> Every time you point a finger, there's three more pointed back at you. You got um, it. And so I, uh, but, even, but even with the faithful in the pews, I mean, going back to that, well, why do I need a year of faith, Father? I go to Mass every Sunday. Sure. You know, well, yeah, you, you could do more. I could do more. All of us could do more, and, and God wants more from us. But even just to understand that sense that, you know, we haven't done more. And I think that to, to me the, the helpful paradigm in trying to communicate that is of, of what our faith is supposed to be or what it leads us into, what it's a part of, whatever the imagery is, that is, it's a, it's a relationship of love. I mean, you, if, you, if you truly are in a relationship of love with somebody, you're, first of all, you're never satisfied with staying where you are. You want to grow more in love. And secondly, whether you want to or not, you can't stay where you are. You will either be progressing or receding in your relationship. Um, and but, but I think trying to, and it's not just a matter of saying it. Certainly, I mean, it isn't just oh, well, that makes so much sense. I'm going to become a better Catholic now. But just trying to communicate that the reason we don't, um, you know, well, I'm a good Catholic. I go to mass is because. We're called to love God, and in loving Him, we want to know Him better and get, grow ever closer to Him. And in many ways, that's again, I think this is what this year of faith, in that sense, focuses on us. But in order that we might then be able to uh, to to go to the world, to bring that to the world, right? I mean, so again, it's internal, but for the ex- sake of the external, God always gives a gift so that somebody can take that gift and multiply it throughout. 
throughout their lives, throughout the world. Right, and, and so that we can, return, in a sense, return that gift to him. Yes, uh, multiplied, like the parable of the talents and so on. Very much so. Yeah, I, but, buried in the ground. Exactly. You know, Father, real quick, I, I came across, by the way, the, the, what I was, the passage I was thinking of. Um, on Sunday... So this letter, the Holy Father announced on Saturday his intention uh, in a meeting. He had a, he had to give a mass on Sunday morning, and then the Angelus address on Sunday af- uh, afternoon. He's a busy um, and guy. Then, and then he gave the letter the next day. I know he's been writing a lot, but he says, "I said in the Angelus address, I believe now that half a century has passed since the opening of the Council, and linked to the happy memory of Blessed John Twenty Third the Vatican Second Second Vatican Council. It will be opportune to remember the beauty and centrality of the faith, the need to strengthen and deepen it, both at the personal and the communal level, and to do this in a perspective that is not so much celebratory, but rather missionary, precisely in the perspective of the mission agentes and the new evangelization. So the mission agentes to those people who have never heard the gospel before at all. So, you know, Asia, nations of Islam, and so on. But also the, the new evangelization. So that's what I was, when I remember that celebratory as opposed, or not so much celebratory, but missionary, that's, that's what I was thinking of. Um, but Father, for anything else that, I know you, there are some other things I think that you were struck by in Porta Fide that you wanted to comment on? Well, good, I think something that bears commenting is uh, his, he, he has a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Just like those Cylons. Oh, wait, yeah. Wow, I never thought did, about that connection. So at this it? point, uh, he says, uh, this is towards uh, the second half of the letter, he says, at this point, I would like to sketch a path intended to help us understand more profoundly not only the content of faith, but also the act by which we choose to entrust ourselves to God in complete freedom. In fact, there exists a profound unity between the act by which we believe and the content to which we give our assent. I think so right there, uh, two th- one, that he has a plan, uh-huh. but two, um, uh, maybe just to back, back it up a little bit, um, back it up, my mom and them told me well, um, no, I don't the news. What? Is that is that 2010? Is that is that so 2010? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um. So first of all, you know, I think today we we focus so much on like believing, and the the intensity of my belief or something like that, or the lack of intensity of my belief. But we also don't focus on or or my believing makes something true, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because I believe that uh, a container of fudge stripe cookies a day are good for me, therefore, ergo, vis-a-vis, concordantly, it's true, right? Well, no one believes that. But in the moral life, we believe all sorts of silly things, right? That right. something can be right for me and wrong for you, or wrong for me and right for you, right? Uh, that, that, that this idea of the subjective experience of belief and an objective reality of belief don't necessarily correspond. And so he's saying, first of all, no, you know, they, they do correspond. In fact, um, there is a profound unity and, and, and a greater sense that's made. In fact, that they, the two of them deepen each other together. They, they serve to deepen one another together, almost um, like, like a spiral, an ascending spiral of faith in that sense. Um, but then his, his, his plan, right? His plan, his plan comes uh, from Scripture, which is not a bad place to take a plan, Right. Not too bad at all. Romans 10.10, man believes with his heart, and so is justified. 
and he confesses with his lips, and so is saved. Right? So heart indicates the first act, and the second act is the lips. Right? So the heart, he talks about the, the, the encounter with um, Christ, the encounter of faith with Christ. Um, and uh, um, talks about how uh, you know, we have to open our hearts in that sense to, to have an opus of magnanimity of heart, a greatness of heart. Uh, to to receive what uh, to to receive Christ in that sense he's not he he is self evident but at the same time our hearts might be dulled and turned off from him mm-hmm. so there's a need to open our hearts to lift up your hearts source some corda my Latin's correct there nicely done thank you so uh, uh, knowing the content to be believed is not sufficient unless the heart. The authentic space within the person is opened by grace that allows the eyes to see below the surface and to understand what has been proclaimed, is, that what has been proclaimed is the word of God. So I think very beautiful step one there, or of his plan, his path. The, the second step then is confessing with the lips. So that indicates that we need to, to give air to what we believe in him. In that sense, we, uh, we stand in him, we stand with the Lord. Uh, which points to our understanding in that sense, in that in that sense. Um, and he talks about the Pentecost example of the church proclaiming uh, faith fearlessly to every person. Um, and so, uh, and so we have to be. And, and, and so this, uh, going back to a line that he had earlier, um, uh, a couple paragraphs in paragraph seven. He talks about believers strengthen themselves by believing. Believers strengthen themselves by believing. So this confession of our lips and this opening of our heart, these two actions in union with one another, uh, lead us to stronger belief. Stronger belief. So that subjective experience, opening the heart, and then confessing what we believe as Catholics, which means we have to know it as well, which means we have to study, we have to know, we have to make some effort. Um, which is going to put a damper in my fantasy football team planning. Um, so, by the way, yeah, Sunday night, a little after eleven o'clock, I ran to the grocery store, and I was listening to the local sports talk radio station, and they had the Vikings post game show on, and some guy called in who was just ranting and whining, and complaining about the Vikings. Clearly, he was emotionally invested, and my thought was, buddy, get a life. Clearly. I mean, he. I understand having hobbies understand. and spending hours. You know, I, I have no problem watching. You know, I, I like to watch football, but for goodness' sake, don't get so wrapped up in a game. <laughs> anyway, all right, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, unless you're a Bears fan, then it was just perfectly fine. Yeah, but if you're a Bears fan, I mean, why, why, who would, why would anybody be a Bears fan? Yeah. Right? Anyway. <sighs> All right. So, um, you know, that really kind of, I think, takes us to, I think, the main part of what I, I liked on this. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. other stuff I like, too, but those are the things I'm most excited about this time. Anything on your perspective there that you'd want to add on in that way? Just two things in particular. Um, first of all, again, the the date of the of the year, it's... Uh, 50 years after the opening of the council, but it's also 20 years after the publication of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, and particularly near Objective the end of... content of the faith. Exactly. Particularly near the end of the... So, two things. First of all, early on he talks about 
reminding us, reiterating us, reiterating for us the importance of of the documents of the Second Vatican Council. Um, in paragraph five um, of Porta Fide, he he refers to some some texts of JP two and of his own. Um, on the necessity of the church internalizing the documents of Vatican II, something which, fathers, I shared with you before before we we, we went on the air, so to speak. Um, it's one of my bugaboos. I I think we've sort of just even for Catholics who who are zealous about the faith, who know the content of the faith content of the faith well. I don't know if we're just not hearing. I don't think we're ignoring. But for some reason, the call of Blessed John Paul the Great and the call of Benedict XVI for us to familiar familiarize. Uh, familiarize ourselves with the documents of Vatican II just to be seems to be falling on deaf ears. So I'm glad that we're getting a renewed call to to look at the documents again. Um, but he also talks about the catechism and near the end of the catechism he or of, of Porta Fide um, he, he spends a couple uh, articles talking about the catechism and how if n number 12 for instance in this year then the catechism of the Catholic Church will serve as a tool providing real support for the faith, especially for those concerned with the formation of Christians, so crucial in our cultural context. And so he asked the CDF, the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, to uh, draw up a note providing the church and individual believers with some guidelines on how to live this year of faith in the most effective and appropriate ways at the service of belief and evangelization. And the context there is the greater studying. He says earlier, the year of faith will have to see a concerted effort to rediscover and study the fundamental content of the faith, as you mentioned just a little bit ago, that receives its systematic and organic synthesis in the CCC, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So I just, you know, I, I, it's, you know, I don't know, what, what's the word, logaria? I mean, just words and words and words and words that the church oftentimes puts out. But here's Benedict saying, listen, we can't just... We have to pay attention to, as you said, the content of faith. It's it's an act that we profess, but it's also the 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 content that we assent to, and we have to look to the content of the faith if we're going to form ourselves and those around us, and thereby shape our culture and and bring Jesus Christ to the world. Amen. So so yeah, the, the reference to the the Second Vatican Council and the reference the mm -hmm. the importance of studying the CCC were the two. Of the things that, and, I, and as I told Father, I haven't had a chance to read it all the way through closely, but uh, my skimmed reading, those are two of the things that initially stuck out to me. So Yeah, so I'm very excited for this. Uh, it's, it's a year away, though. What am I going to do? I know. Pray. That's what you're going to do. Pray. Oh, yeah. No, I'm seriously. I think, but I think we, uh, me too, but I think we, do, you know, in order for these years not to just sort of come and go and leave no impression, um, we need to prepare ourselves spiritually for them. Yep. And I think and to pray and encourage others to pray uh, for spiritual preparation uh, for the church in the world for this year. Right. And, I, you know, I, I'm going to propose to my pastor, and I mentioned to you specifically in the context of the fact that you're a pastor and a chaplain, that I think we, we need to ask um, our, our spiritual fathers to help us all prepare for it. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Thanks, Father, for uh, bringing another great topic to my attention. I think this was, a, you know, Holy Father, uh, you know, please feel free to give us any feedback. You can email me, and so can anybody else, at sebergwald.sfcatholic.org. So.
Father, I'll let you. Uh, Father, Father and I always, it's, and it's my fault usually, we never know how, how to conclude the podcast. So, Father, I am going to give you the last words. You finish this podcast however you want. I will trust you implicitly. Good night and God bless.